0: You are listening to the One Good Scare Podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mallow. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare Podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm joined by my co-host here, Max Mallow, and we're excited to do another movie review this week. I love doing them.
1: Yes, and today we're going to be reviewing Promising Young Woman, uh, the featured directorial debut by Emerald Fennell, uh, starring Carey Mulligan, Bo Burnham, Allison Brie, Connie Britton. The, the list goes on. We'll get into the cast more when we talk about our review of the movie. Um, but as we do with all of our movie reviews, this is your spoiler warning. So after our first break, that's it. Spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, go watch the movie, come back and listen to our review. But... If you want to listen to the next 20 minutes before watching the movie, we got horror news movies or horror movie news for you.
0: Oh yeah, per usual. And we have a really, really exciting week of horror news. Um, Before we get into that though, we need to shout out our support for this episode. Um, So support for the One Good Scare podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide.
1: Yes, and I guess I'm one of those 2
0: million men now. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Mans- test it. yeah manscape hooked me up with uh, a bunch of their tools in their perfect package 3.0 kit uh which most notably comes with their lawnmower 3.0 and i'm not one that's you know i'm clean a shower i shave <laughs> um but you know i'm never one that took uh immense care of my downstairs until i actually got the lawnmower 3.0 um and it's super safe um it's super reliable the the Lawnmower 3.0 came right out of the perfect package with enough battery to use, which was awesome. Um, there's a bunch of other fun stuff in the kit as well, including their crop preserver, their crop reviver, uh, all stuff for your, your downstairs. Um, i going into too much detail. Of course. Um, it also came with a free, a free pair of boxer briefs. So I guess I can use that as my one extra pair of underwear before I have to do laundry, which is also super nice. Um, but the, the lawnmower 3.0, you know, Obviously, I'd say trimming your downstairs can be uncomfortable at times, and some endeavors requires a lot of precision and care. And uh, the lawnmower 3.0 is is super safe when it comes to that. Uh, Didn't have any issues with it. Uh, There's an LED light on it too, so you know if you're doing it in the dark for whatever reason, like if you were in Texas over the past week and you lost power, um, obviously you know, our thoughts go to everyone who was negatively impacted by the snowstorm Ooh. down there. Um, but if you had no power and you had to trim your downstairs and you had a lawnmower 3.0, you're in good care because the light on it is super bright. Um, <laughs> you know, if I ever lose power and I don't have a flashlight lying around, I might just use my lawnmower 3.0. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, uh, advanced skin safe technology. Um, again, you know super super safe uh super reliable and uh couldn't recommend the product enough for all of those uh all those men out there who care <laughs> about cleaning their downstairs and for all those women out there who are looking for a, a fun gift obviously we're a week late now because valentine's day was last week um mm-hmm. but men should be getting women the major gifts anyway um and uh, it's a fun gift. It's like a fun stocking stuffer, too, for like the holidays or for someone's birthday, anything like that. Uh, I would highly recommend the Lonemore 3.0 and their perfect package 3.0 kit.
0: <laughs> nice. That's awesome. So, if anyone listening is interested in checking out Manscaped, you can actually get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping, manscaped.com. And you just use the code fanside20. That's, that's all you got to do.
1: Yeah. And let us know uh, in the reviews if you did, what you thought of the product, of course. Um, and you can also tweet at us, our tweeters, our tweeters. Our Twitter's always drop <laughs> at the end of the episodes, but uh, <laughs> I'm at Oddslice on Twitter and Natalie's at Natalie's Zamora with two A's. Um, so yeah, check out Manscaped. So yeah, that's Manscaped. Um, if you want to, uh, Lead us into our uh, weekly hard news roundup. That'd be great because I'm still kind of recovering. If you guys don't know, we recorded 20 minutes of this episode already and my mic was muted. So I <laughs> went all out and, uh, you know, my whole usual spiel of Natalie scoured the internet for all the internet links and everything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I'm a <laughs> little bit exhausted.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, less less energy this time around, but still energy. So, our hard news roundup, like I said, we have an exciting week. Max also has another one to shout out at the end of this, um that news that came out today. So, the first one, there is going to be a reboot of Constantine um at HBO Max. It's coming from Bad Robot, which is JJ Abrams' production studio. Um Guy Bolton is set as the writer, and this is exciting this is something I'm interested in. However, I did not watch the original movie with Keanu Reeves, and I did not watch the CW show. But the fact that, you know, it's coming from J.J. Abrams, and um, in this Deadline article that I'm looking at right now, it says it's going to be a darker reboot. So, horror, interesting, um, and coming to HBO Max, so it'll be easy to watch. So I'm excited and I will watch this and then perhaps also watch the original.
1: Yeah. The original is a lot of fun, has a cult following. Um, Like you mentioned, also Constantine appeared in the Arrowverse, what they call on CW, something I haven't kept up with in years. Um, But the, the character is beloved. This is obviously Keanu Reeves hasn't been attached to this, if he's even going to be, but this is another point i feel like in keanu Reeves's like like renaissance arc um mm-hmm. from when john wick came out um and constantine you know originally isn't just a keanu reeves project but it's something that he's been attached to obviously there was a bill and ted movie that came out um according to my girlfriend's parents was very very bad um <laughs> but keanu is awesome obviously the matrix 4 is coming out this year which will also be on hbo max uh, as part of the whole warner brothers uh, deal with them streaming their movies on day one, which is awesome. You know, we've talked about that a bunch on the show. Uh, so, yeah. The, the other thing, too, is it's Bad Robot, right? A lot of people yeah. can criticize J.J. Abrams, and they aren't the biggest fan of him, but Bad Robot has lost under its belt. It has the Cloverfield movie under its belt. Um, I believe Bad Robot also... Um, or maybe not Bad Robot, but HBO Max is also doing that Overlook series, which is based on The Shining. So, oh, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know what production studio that is, but yeah, that is HBO Max.
1: Yeah. So, again, we've said it before, we'll say it again get your HBO Max account because <laughs> this platform is taking over streaming, which is awesome.
0: Yes, I agree. Yeah, so that's exciting. Looking forward to seeing. You know, there isn't a release date or casting news for that yet, but looking forward to hearing more. Um, Our next piece of news that came out this week is there's a live action Wednesday Adam series um, that's coming to Netflix. It is going to be created by Tim Burton, or as Max will call him, Timothy Burton. Um, So this is exciting. Of course, you know, Wednesday Adam. Adams isn't a kind of character from the Adams family. Um, She's one that we were saying, I think last week on our Valentine's Day episode, we were talking about like iconic couples that people do Halloween costumes as. I think Wednesday Adams is such a, like everyone has been her for Halloween. I was her for Halloween before. Just like such an iconic and popular character. So this is really exciting. Like, I think Netflix and Tim Burton, that collab, Sounds amazing to me. So I'm really excited to see you know who's who's going to be casted as Wednesday. um She's not casted yet. So only good things here so far.
1: Yeah, and fun shoes to fill as well, right? I mean Wednesday Adams yeah. portrayed by Christina Ricci. Uh, she was voiced by Chloe Grace Moretz in their animated stuff, which is awesome as well. um I can kind of see maybe Anya Taylor Joy <laughs> yeah. getting that role. My girl, Queen's Gambit, um, Elizabeth Harmon. If you haven't watched that, go watch it. Um, yeah. But also this is a huge opportunity to uh, put a woman in this role and just elevate her, which is awesome. So yeah, like I said, you can't really go wrong, right? If you're going to do Adam's family with Tim Burton and Netflix, uh, you know, I f- also, it's just like, it's a little bit of a, a down period for like uh seasonal content on Netflix. We really only yeah. have stranger things that we look forward to every year um just whether it's news or trailers or a new season um and it's been two years since the last season of stranger things right Uh, yeah almost two years going going on two years right uh so uh more live action series stuff that they're going to do is awesome um of course we had you know haunting of hill house and blind manor that came out but uh, this will probably be a little more family-friendly than that, I'm assuming, because yeah. Tim Burton yeah. and the Adams family, of course. Um, but, yeah, super excited. Uh, and then our final piece of news, which uh, is probably the most exciting piece of news in the entire episode, um, is Jordan Peele's new movie, uh, which is slated to come out in 2022, his next horror movie, has their leads attached to it, which is... Get out, Daniel Kaluuya, who's also getting a lot of praise right now for playing Fred Hampton in Judas and the Black Messiah. And also, Kiki Palmer. So, this movie already has me wanting to see it. and I don't know what it's about.
0: Same. I completely agree with you. I was telling you before, like, saw this news on Twitter, just, like, gasped and needed to know more. Like, clicked so fast on the article, and it was like, no other information, just a release date and two stars. Which is better than nothing and it has me so hyped um obviously we're both big fans of jordan peele and then also daniel Kaluuya and kiki palmer i mean I, I just can't wait to see a trailer um, a synopsis you know the first image for this movie i'm so unbelievably excited
1: yeah and they're both horror veterans uh kiki palmer most recently was in The Scream TV series that was on MTV, I believe, I haven't seen her season, but I believe it was part of the reboot that they did after their first two seasons. Um, it's not the best piece of work ever in Scream, but it's better than Scream 3, uh, for (laughs) sure. Uh, and obviously Get Out made Daniel Kaluuya a massive star. Uh, like we said, a lot of praise right now for Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, and his role in that. And, I mean Jordan Peele going from get out to us and I wasn't the biggest fan of us, but it was still a box office hit. Um yeah, the Twilight Zone, obviously the Candyman movie that he's attached to, which is coming out soon. Uh he didn't direct that one, but uh super, super excited for his next foray into horror because he's quickly becoming if not for many, I'm sure for many, he's already the biggest name in horror for them. Um but he's quickly becoming the biggest name in horror, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan, and I, I'm I I did really like us. I mean, it was not Get Out. Get Out is just you know so great on so many levels, but I did enjoy us. You know great cinematography there and yeah, great leads. Kiki Palmer is also in scream Queens that, oh my that, God. Movie, that show, sorry, that show on Fox, which was, you know, kind of like a, a spoof on the scream queen movies and all of that, but it was fun. So more horror on her, on her resume. Yeah.
1: Total throwback to that. I believe Ariana Grande and Emma Roberts were also in that.
0: Yeah. And Leah Michelle, Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, just,
1: what a list. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that show in such a long time because I remember it came out alongside, I think it was another, there was also another show called scream Queens, which was more of a, I
0: think so. Yeah. It
1: was more of a, I guess a game show, I guess it was like the, the whole,
0: Oh yeah. The whole idea was
1: it was the winner was going to get a role in a saw movie. Um,
0: yeah. On MTV, right?
1: Yeah. And I remember this came out, this was more, like I said, it's on Fox, it's not a game show. It's very much a a horror show. Um, (laughs) so i need to go back and watch that i feel like it, it's a fun show to go back and watch and see um what we might have missed out on years ago yeah
0: yeah i think it was fun i was surprised when it was canceled it only ran 2015 to 2016 but it was fun i liked it it's entertaining
1: yeah uh and then like natalie said there's one piece of news <laughs> i want to add to this um because it's not strict horror but there's a lot of crossover here um before we recorded this episode today um a trailer for the new Mortal Kombat movie came out and Mortal Kombat, one of the most famous fighting games of all time, one of the most controversial fighting games and just video games as a whole of all time for violence in video games and, and stuff like that. We won't go too much into that. Um, <laughs> but I work with video games for a living and, and covering editorial stuff uh, for uh, a sister website uh, to Natalie's fans cited. Um, and I watched the Red Band trailer for this because this is a movie that a lot of people have wanted for a long time. Uh, just anything trailer announcements, promotional photos, whatever this trailer just hit it out of the park when it comes to gore and whatever horror elements they can throw into it. Because like I said, there's crossover, um, especially in the fact that there's just a load of iconic horror characters that have been included in recent Mortal Kombat releases, you have Leatherface, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, uh, the Terminator, who, you know, Terminator is probably not a horror character for a lot of people, but the first one scared me. <laughs> silly as a kid. Um, you got the Xenomorph from Aliens, who's in it. Uh, just two worlds colliding, which is awesome. Um, and this trailer, if you like gore, watch the Red Band trailer, because the gore is amazing.
0: Yeah. Right after we're done recording, I need to watch it because I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of the, the blood and gore movies. So I'm going to check this movie out. Definitely. Um, like, you know, I'm not a video game person, so I'm less familiar with mortal Kombat, but it's going to come on HBO max. So there you go. Watch it from my living room. We're going to do it.
1: Yeah. It's part of that whole Warner brothers deal. Um, so I'm super excited because it's not gonna be a straight horror movie. It's gonna Mm -hmm. be very much action. Um but a huge part of the Mortal Kombat games is you know, fatalities and just blood and gore all over the screen and, and decapitating your opponents and dismembering them and everything like that. And if you're gonna make a movie based off the video game, you have to include that type of stuff. And the the way they've worked it into it and if they include any like real horror elements in the movie because you definitely can, um, I'm gonna just flat out say this will be the movie of the year.
0: nice um okay so that was our a lot of prints (laughs) no i was thinking like wait did we have one more but no that was the last one that you that you brought to the table
1: yeah that's all i got sorry like we said guys we recorded this and my mic was muted the entire time we hit it halfway through the episode i was like oh crap i haven't been talking (laughs) this is awesome (gasps)
0: <gasps> yeah, so excuse us for being a little a little uh, out, of, out of sorts. I know, I was like, what even word am I looking for? Out of sorts, that one. It's not even a word. Anyway, so Promising Young Woman. Um, I know we, you and I talked about this off the podcast, just about how much we enjoyed the movie. Um, I watched it a, a, a couple months ago. Um, so not that recently, but it's definitely something a movie that really, really struck out stuck out to me and I'm glad that I'm glad that you watched it and now we can talk about it.
1: Yeah. Um I watched this movie the day before we recorded this podcast, so it's really fresh in my mind. Um but a little bit of a I guess not really a disclaimer, but um, you know, it's not a straight up horror movie. Um Mm -hmm. there are some thriller aspects to it, uh that you know get you in the mood of feeling like it's going to be a horror movie with some of these scenes. And a lot of these scenes could have been straight out of a horror movie. Um, And we'll talk about it uh, because the scenes are super powerful. This movie is super powerful, which is uh, awesome and and can't be understated. Um, Mm -hmm. And I went into it, not knowing exactly what the movie was about, just seeing a couple promotional images, um, the poster. And I thought this was going to be a horror movie. Um, Yeah, I did too. So it's, It's very much more thriller, crime, drama, that type of aspect. Um, But we'll bring up the horror elements that are worked into it. Um, And like we said, spoiler warning, if you haven't seen it, go watch it, come back, uh, and then listen to our review of it. Um, And then also, you know, the movie deals with a lot of heavy themes about rape and sexual assault and stuff like that. So just putting that out there because Mm -hmm. um, we'll be talking about it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. So I think before we go scene by scene, I think I just want to add that like, I also had the same, the same um, perspective as you like I watched the trailer, I remember when it came out, like, it was like a year ago, because of course, you know, the movie was pushed back because of COVID shutdowns and all of that. So I was really excited to watch it. But it completely I feel like the marketing very much made it more like exciting and like, oh, people are gonna get killed. Do you know what I mean? Like, more of like an action horror movie and it's, it's really not. And the way that it turned out, I thought was amazing. It's a really great, you know, commentary on the relationship between men and women and the way that men take advantage of women and the way that men think that they're nice guys when they're actually not like, there's just so many layers to this. And I think it turned out definitely way different than I thought, but I, I love how it turned out. So.
1: Yeah. And one of the best things to, uh, (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me. Um one thing that I feel like we talked about on the show, Black Christmas, the, the remake, the most one the most recent one. Uh, yeah, got some criticism from people because they felt like the message of the movie was thrown in their face too much and it was too over exaggerated, which upset some people. I haven't seen the Black Christmas movie, so I can't really comment on it. Um but the the thing about this the movie never like it 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 shows you exactly what you need to show and what you need to know um mm-hmm. and you never really get disconnected from it it's it's got your attention the entire time which is awesome and all the themes and the points this movie is trying to make come across directly right in your face um and it's unsettling at times like you said um with all the points yeah. that you made so uh i'm really excited to to talk about this movie and and really like I said, it's not really a horror movie, but there are definitely some aspects to it um, that give off uh, some horror vibes.
0: Yeah, it's like real life horror. It's like more of like it, this is happening to you. It's act- absolutely horrific. But when you're watching it on, on a movie, it's more it's the genre is more thriller. Um, For sure. So. We'll get into all of it. Again, like Max said, this is your spoiler warning. The ending is absolutely insane. So we're going to talk all about that. Um, but first, we're going to take our quick first quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay. So, um, like you said, you went into this kind of... I think... Well, I think we both kind of went into this thinking, like, okay, this is a revenge movie, and she's going to start killing guys, right? And that's what the beginning and the opening scene kind of tease and kind of lead you to, and then it doesn't happen. And that's kind of something that happens a bunch of times where you're on the edge of your seat thinking, all right, this is going to be the guy she takes out and it doesn't happen.
1: Right. And the movie, we'll talk about it to that point because the movie definitely puts it to a point where it's like, yeah, I could totally see, the movie taking that direction. If you don't know what it's about, I th- totally recommend going into this movie, not knowing exactly what the plot is, because mm-hmm. I think that makes the movie even more effective, uh, which is my experience at least. Um, mm. But like you said, that opening scene um, opens up. Carrie Mulligan is at a bar um, and she looks to be very, very drunk hanging out on a couch. And she's noticed by these three guys, uh, one of which is played by Adam Brody. Um, This movie has a stellar cast, so we'll be sure to point them out at every point Mm -hmm. in our view. Um, But, you know, they're having some guy talk, uh, you know, stuff that you would hear guys talk about at a bar, which is stuff we shouldn't be talking about in general. (laughs) Just on going to be like, you know, sleeping with women and everything like that. And they noticed uh, Carrie Mulligan, uh, whose character's name is Cassie Thomas. um, And she doesn't look, she looks like she needs some help. She needs to get home and go to bed and everything like that. Um, And Adam Brody is like giving off these like nice guy vibes. Right. He's like, I'll go over, I'll check on her. I'll see if she's okay. Um, And that's what he does. He's like, do you have your phone? Do you need a ride home? Can I call you an Uber or anything like that? And they leave. Uh, You know, he walks her down these stairs that give me terrible memories of going to bars in college and just seeing these, Awfully steep steps and you're like, why did we build the building like this? It's just terrible. <laughs> um, It's just made for people to fall down. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, And they get in an Uber and like, I feel like this is like a totally like eh, relatable scene, right? You're in an Uber. Yeah. Uh, you know. From what we know, Carrie Mulligan's really drunk, and she has her head out of the window and she's getting a ton of cold air blasted her face. And I'm like, I've been there. I've been really wasted in the back of an Uber. And I felt like I was gonna throw up. And I, the only thing keeping me alive was the cold air. The breeze. From, yeah. Yeah, sticking my head out of the window. Um uh so yeah, uh, they're in the Uber and the vibe changes, and you start to get a little bit uneasy because Adam Brody's like, oh, actually my apartment's kind of close to Do you want to just come over? Uh, and they do. She goes over to his house. Um, sh- they make drinks for each other. He's like, do you want a drink? And clearly she doesn't need another drink. She needs okay. some water. She needs to go to bed. And that's it. Um, so he makes her a drink uh, with some kind of liqueur. Uh, yeah. And her glasses, just way overpoured. Just so much more alcohol in her glass compared to his. I don't even think there might've been alcohol in his glass. If I'm yeah, remembering correctly. I
0: don't, yeah. I feel like I remember it being like so. Only she's getting alcohol, apparently.
1: Yeah. Um, just making the vibe even more unsettling. Um, and then he starts making advances on her. Um, that are unwanted. Uh, he starts kissing her. He brings her to his bedroom, and he starts again making unwanted advances. Uh, and to a point when he gets down to her legs, she goes, "What are you doing?" Uh, you know, in this whole kind of uh drunken tone, I was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop that! What are you doing?" And then she snaps out of it, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And Adam Brody knows he's fucked, and he is <laughs> fucked for one, doing what he's doing, and two, because he's caught in the act. Um, and that's it. Movie cuts away. Title card. Walking down the the, the street, you got Carrie Mulligan. Uh, you know with uh either a pastry or a hot dog. My girlfriend thought it was a hot dog, Um, but this is where I was getting horror movie vibes because there's just red streaks running down her, uh, her arm and her shirt. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was blood. My girlfriend thought it was ketchup. It could have been jelly from a jelly donut. It could have been a multiple, it could have been multiple things.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it was, I'm pretty sure I thought it was like a jelly donut and then the jelly's kind of (laughs) coming.
1: Yeah. A hot dog, like a hot dog doesn't really make much sense at that time of the day. Um, And my mind immediately got taken off of whatever it was. I was just like, yeah, she killed him. Good. He's dead. Yeah. Um, Because what you get immediately after that are these three construction workers who are just yelling, walk a shame at her. And I'm like, what the hell is going on in this world? (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think there like this movie just does such a great job at like making you uncomfortable and showing you like just what a woman like goes through, you know, on the daily, like hopefully, um, you know, getting incapacitated and getting taken get advantage of is not something that women um, experience all the time. And I hope it doesn't happen at all to women, but we know that it does. So it, it's just, like, it makes you so uncomfortable in, like, the opening scene. It was, I was just cringing so hard because, you know, all those little, like, one-liners or little ways to manipulate you that the Adam Brody character was doing. It's just all too real. And it was just, like, it's all of these things are, like, adding up to, you know, the anger that Cassie has. And we, you know, find out exactly why she has that anger and, you know, why she dropped out of med school and is living with her parents. It's just so many different layers and so many different things that so many people sadly go through. So while this movie is like, you know, really fast paced and she's such an awesome character because she's very sarcastic and fun and everything like that. It's like once you, you know, really realize what's going on, it's like, oh, this is this is really dark.
1: Yeah, it's really dark. Um, And she gives off uh, a super strong vibe and, and thick skin. Um Yeah that uh you know her character needs to kind of deal with everything that she's encountering and you mentioned that cringe right and you don't cringe cuz it's like corny you cringe cuz it's believable
0: yeah you totally
1: see it happening um and it's not done in like an over dramatic type of way that it's like uh, unbelievable it's it's very believable uh which makes this movie even uh even better um so after that again i'm totally convinced adam brody died that's the end of him. Um, and we get more backstory about Cassie, uh, or Cassandra. Uh, she lives at home with her parents. Uh, she very much seems, um, like a bit of an outcast. She doesn't really have a lot of friends. Uh, mm-hmm. the one friend that we do see a lot on screen, uh, early on in the movie is her coworker. Um, Gail, uh, who works at a coffee shop with her. I believe she actually owns the coffee shop. Um, Yeah,
0: I think so.
1: Who's played by Laverne Cox, who everyone should know from Orange is the New Black, and is absolutely amazing in this movie. I agree. The movie very much has a lot of dark comedic tones uh, when it comes to dialogue and and the jokes that are made, and everyone just nails these one-liners all the time, which is awesome. Um, But uh, the movie continues to progress, you know, we get uh, more information about what Cassie's kind of doing. She's very much goes to uh, bars, acts a certain way, and then goes home and, you know, reveal or goes home with these men and then reveals that these men are actually pieces of shit to their faces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she has a notebook that she's writing names down in it. And again... Uh, the names she's writing down. Some of them are written in like black ink, some in blue, some in red. And I'm like, okay, if the ones are in red, that must mean they're dead. She killed them. She's just killing all these people. Um, because again, I thought this was a straight up horror movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's not the case. Uh, because we get a more uh ex uh exposed scene um when she goes home with. Mr. McLovin, Christopher mintz Um, And again, every time one of these actors, you're like, okay, like they can't get someone else, right? <laughs> no, this yeah. star-studded cast. Um, and he's ripping lines of coke. He's just out of his mind, talking about books and and uh, feminism and stuff like that. And you're just all over the place. <laughs> uh, and the same type of thing happens. He makes moves on her. Um at one point, she fakes falling asleep, and he screams yeah. her awake. I'm just like, "Holy crap, dude! Like, hang it up. It's over. Like, she's not interested, and she's asleep. This is your cue to cut whatever that bullshit you were doing." Um, but no, yeah, he wakes her up. Um, he makes moves on her again and again. She snaps out of the facade she's putting on and scares him to death. Um, and this is where a lot of the horror vibes come into it. Uh, because the music gets very dark.
0: Yeah. The
1: Carrie Mulligan's character has a, a major tonal shift when it comes to her dialogue and, and her expressions on, on screen. Um, and I, again, I thought McLovin's dead. There's no way he makes it out of life.
0: Same. Yeah. And I think you have a good point with the music. Like they make it seem like something really, really bad is going to happen, but then it ends up being like, no, this is the, the whole scene that happened is the bad thing that happened and now she's just going to, you know, teach them a lesson and like it's like i almost wish she could just kill them because you know it's just a terrible situation and then you know we'd be you know still rooting for her of course cuz it, it's a movie um but of course for her character's trajectory and everything like that i'm glad that she is not a murderer um but it it this scene too just another example of just i think they did a really great job of showing how so many men are like, have tunnel vision, right? Like, they're just like, oh, I'm just gonna get with this girl, and that's all, that's their goal. So no matter what, she's passed out on the couch, you're forcing her to do cocaine, doesn't matter. The end game is still there, and it's, it's just terrible. So I feel like it, it really, again, another really cringeworthy scene just to watch because it's believable.
1: Yeah, uh, and you bring up a good point, right? Because it, uh, it would be, Difficult for the movie to have her just kill people and for her character development, right? Because yeah. it opens up a whole can of worms because obviously she's doing a good thing by, you know, teaching these men a lesson about, you know, taking advantage of women or anything like that. But to have her kill people would be like, it's just a can of worms that for some people they did, it's, it
0: would open yeah. up a whole
1: can of worms for arguments, stuff like that, right? Um, but it drives the point home even more um, that the the stuff that she's doing, she's clearly very damaged by something. um, And you're not really given exactly why she's upset, but um, you know, you might think that she was sexually assaulted one time or, or um, you know, had a friend and it does end up being the case that it was her friend, Nina, um, who uh, we never truly understand how she passed away, but um, she's dead. She was a victim of, of, sexual assault um and and rape i believe um but what's very interesting about the movie and something that i love imdb trivia for um is that those words are never muttered in the entire movie they never say rape and they never say sexual assault
0: yeah and i think it's interesting too that yeah she like i think it's more just implied that nina committed suicide but they don't say it and i think it's kind of just a, a really, they did a great job at showing just how damaged Cassie is because she can't even say the say the words. There, it's the worst thing in the world to her, of course. So she can't even say it, and like she's doing all of these things j- as revenge. And I think it's kind of like a a, a way that she thinks is going to like mend her and make her feel better. Of course, it's not going to. But you know, I think it that's that's really interesting because I didn't even really realize about her not saying the words explicitly, but I did know like she didn't say suicide. Um, And I think that just really shows just how she's so still, you know, not over it, which why would she be?
1: Yeah. And it's implied in the movie, but like you said, it's never said. Yeah. Um, And before we get to the real exposition of the movie, the, my, one of my favorite lines of the opening kind of arc um, or act rather is, When she's talking with uh, Christopher Mintz-Platt's, you know, after she's kind of like told him, like, "Hey, I'm not drunk," you're, you know, being an asshole. Mm -hmm. She's like, "Do you still want to sleep with me?" And he's like, "No." (laughs) She's like, "He's like, no, thank you." (laughs) And she's like, "None of them ever do." And I was like, "Yo, I was like, Carrie Mulligan is the shit. Like, (laughs) she is absolutely killing it." Um, And yeah, then you get this whole big exposition because. Uh, one day at, at work, uh, this guy walks in, who is the, the lead male role in the movie, uh, who's played by uh, comedic uh, stand-up actor, director, uh, Bo Burnham, who I absolutely love. Bo Burnham is one of my favorite comedians of all time. Um, and he is a, a former um, they went. schoolmate.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: Classmate. they went to med yeah. school together, yeah. I was just a co and I was like, co-student? I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, But they went to med school together, like you said, uh, and he recognizes her at work, and he is like, do you want to go out with me sometime? Just blatantly out of the blue. Um, mm-hmm. And she's like, hmm, I don't know, and there's this whole bit of dialogue, and she spits in his coffee, and he drinks the coffee, which is yeah. extremely gross. Um But... That's where the whole Plaza movie takes off because you learn about um, what happened at med school uh, and why Cassie ended up dropping out uh, and what happened to Nina because you get introduced to this whole plan that she's enacted that gets broken up into the movie now for the rest of it uh, with these big pink Roman numerals on screen.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. So. Yeah, like you said, Cassie and the the character Bo Burnham plays is Ryan. Um, I think they had like a cute moment when they kind of hit it off and were, you know, reconnected. I guess she kind of thought Ryan was, you know, a good guy from med school that she didn't know that well. It's kind of the vibe that I got. So, um, you know, she's interested and, you know, it, it starts dating the guy and then she finds out that he's still friends with their whole friend group from med school and that one of the guys um who was the person she believed sexually assaulted nina is getting married and ryan is going so that obviously sets off a huge thing in her head like I feel like I felt so bad because I feel like she started dating this guy and it seemed like, like a, a source of happiness for her, obviously. And it kind of made it seem like, okay, she's going to move on from what she's doing right now. But then when she heard that, it was kind of like, oh, perfect. Another huge revenge plan that I can do.
1: Yeah. And this whole plan gets sent to motion. Uh, and you see just to what extremes uh, Cassie is going to go to Uh, to get her revenge Um, and the movie uh, starts to show you the dark side of Cassie and what she's really capable of uh, because so far we've only seen her, you know, going home with these men uh, and doing this whole flip the switch type of thing uh, with her uh, level of uh, intoxication. Yeah. Um, But it all kicks off with, uh, this one woman, Madison McPhee, who is played by Alison Brie. Um, and they go out to dinner um, or lunch, rather. And she gets her very, very drunk. And they start talking about school and everything like that. And you start to get this undertone vibe of Madison and all these people in this plan. They don't really remember mm-hmm. quote-unquote what happened to Nina in school. Um, but uh, the movie does a great job at showing that it's some, uh, this is stuff that ca- Cassie is carrying with her, her entire life. Uh, her parents see it. Nina's mother, yeah. who she has an interaction with, sees it. Um, and, you know, it gets really uncomfortable and gets to the point where Madison is very, very drunk. And Cassie gets up and leaves and gives her, uh, gives a, a room key and a number uh, to this guy sitting at the bar. And it's like, yep, that's her over there. And she leaves. And you're like, Holy shit, did she just set her up to be sexually assaulted? And that mm-hmm. and the movie leaves it at that. Um and that's act 1 done um of her of her plan.
0: Yeah, that was insane. I I kind of knew where she was going with it that she was going to set her up somehow, but had no idea uh to what to what extreme. Um so yeah, so now like you said we get the sense that Pretty much everyone in her friend group, except for Nina, did not believe what happened and did not care enough to really, you know, be there for either of them. I think Cassie was Nina's, you know, only friend that supported her through the, the sexual assault and all everything that happened afterwards. Um, so then her next uh, person that she's going to go for is uh, Connie Britton who plays a uh, their med school dean and i guess what we start to figure out once cassie goes and confronts her is that the dean said with the sexual assault that there wasn't enough evidence or you know they weren't going to make it a big thing um, which is terrible because we i feel like we see that so often in real life when there's rape cases and the dean is kind of like or you know, in court, it's kind of like, Oh, they have like a good life ahead of them. Like just let them keep doing their thing. And it's like, no, this is a, a real person's life that is damaged. And you're just letting the person walk free.
1: Yeah. And the whole scene is set up. Um, Connie Britton's only on the screen for like five to seven minutes. Um,
0: yeah, it's short.
1: But uh, basically what happens is um, Cassie, kind of goes undercover uh, and acts like she's this makeup artist for this fictional band called wet dreams. And (laughs) uh, there's this girl outside of school and she's like, Hey, I need to help. I need help getting to a diner. Can you show me where it is? My phone is dead. I don't know. GPS not from around here. Um, Right. And eventually the girl agrees to get in the car. And then it cuts to Cassie being at uh, Dean Walker's office. Uh, And it quickly gets revealed after Cassie starts talking about what happened with Al Monroe and everything like that, that the girl that Cassie took with her in her car is the Dean's daughter and sets it up to being like, Hey, I just dropped your girls off at the same dorm that Al Monroe used to live at. And let's see what happened. And you're like, Holy crap. She, Holy crap. She kidnapped somebody's daughter. And again, it's like, whoa it's again like extremes are building Uh, yeah and uh you see like the despair uh from connie brenda being like where's my daughter please just tell me where my daughter is uh and she's like no actually you know after she admits to all the wrong things that she should have done she should have done yeah um he's like yeah your daughter's not at some frat house she's at a diner waiting for some band to show up that's not actually going to show up (laughs) and i i coming off as like a complete badass on her tale of revenge. Um, but it's starting to be a little, it's like, holy crap. Okay. Now she, you know, we don't know what happened with Madison McPhee uh, yet. Uh, Allison Brie. And, Bree, and mm-hmm. we do get the immediate realization that, you know, it's a kid. We can't just explicitly leave it at like, yeah, I just left your kid at a frat house yeah, yeah. with a bunch of boys. Let's see what happens. Um, she's like, no, nah, that didn't happen. And she walks off. Um, but then there's a scene where, uh, it was one of the promotional images I saw of her with a tire iron and she's like exhausted at her car and there's just a guy honking at her and he pulls off and you get some more of that, that, that douchey dialogue from men. And it's just like, what are you doing? What'd you get your driver's license? Get out of your car. And she gets out with a tire iron and just starts going, going at it on his car, you know, breaks both head, li- uh, taillights, smashes the windshield. And the guy's like, okay, sorry. And he just drives off. And I was like, <clears throat> again, still not knowing exactly what the, the movie is going to be completely about, um, in terms of Cassie's character development, I was like, she's going to snap and she's just going to beat the crap out of somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and with a tire iron, just at this, you know, guy who doesn't really, it's like a road rage scenario, right? You never know yeah. who you're going to upset in a road rage, uh, scenario, honking at somebody, cutting somebody off. Um, I thought this guy was going to get the, the shit completely beaten out of him with the tire iron. Um, but that doesn't happen, and there's a little bit of um, uh, a not a lull in the movie, but it goes in a different direction. Her relationship with Ryan starts to build a bit more, uh, okay. with um, you know going out and going out on dates, and you know she talks about uh, he tried to pull some like, "Hey, this is my apartment. Do you want to just come upstairs?" And she's like, "No, I don't want to do that. I thought you weren't going to be like all the other guys that I've been." shown or the guys that we've seen so far in the movie. Mm. Um, and she leaves, but that kind of gets quickly reconciled because she does truly like him. Uh, yeah. And from what we've seen, he's supposed to be different. Um Spoiler warning. Um, <laughs> and she goes and talks with Nina's mom and everything like that. Um But the, the next person in line um, is, is, the lawyer of the case who is actually played by Alfred Molina, AKA doc Ock (laughs) from the Spider-Man movies.
0: Um, yeah. And I think this is kind of in in this part of the movie too, I think Cassie is kind of like softening up a bit and kind of like, okay, I'm starting to be in a relationship, which is healthy. You know, I'm kind of getting the comfort that, you know, I haven't had. And I think this is kind of a turning point for her, but We'll get into that in a second because we're going to take our final break and then we'll be right back. So, yeah, so she visits the lawyer who um, was on the case of Al who sexually assaulted Nina. Um, And basically he, like, bullied Nina into dropping the charges so that, you know, Al walked free and everything was fine for him. So Cassie goes there and surprisingly... Um, The lawyer is very much like, you're right, I messed up, I regret it, all that stuff. And and Cassie, you know, like forgives him. And and it's a very human moment when there haven't been many human moments in, in the movie so far just as like compassion. So I thought that was very interesting, and it, it, she kind of like like I said, she's in the relationship now with someone who we think is a really good guy. They seem to really enjoy each other, and she it seems like she's done she's done with the revenge, right? That kind of seems like what's going on.
1: Yeah, because the lawyer um is very distraught. He's on
0: what yeah
1: call us. He calls it a sabbatical, um, mm-hmm. and. He definitely feels the the damage of what he's done uh, through his work um, and talking about, you know, how easy it is now to convince a jury to not believe a woman and believe a man and everything like that. And she, like you said, she has this kind of realization. She's like, man, like, this is awful. Like, I, she, she's encountered someone who, uh, in her revenge plot actually feels remorse for what he did and is yeah. really, truly upset about the damage that he caused. So she takes a little bit of a break. Her relationship with Ryan progresses a bit more. Um, she invites him over to meet her parents and everything like that. And it seems that she's in a, a, a healthy relationship. Now there's a dance number in a pharmacy. Um, yeah.
0: Stars and blind.
1: Yeah. By, by Paris Hilton. I pointed out to my girlfriend, I was like, that looks like the most fun pharmacy I've ever seen. It was like a light. Uh, for like prescriptions and it was like neon just like <laughs> blasting colors all over the place i was like what where are they <laughs> um and it seems like she's going to you know kind of move on in a sense uh until uh madison mcphee shows back up at her house and she's like oh crap because uh, at different points in the movie, Madison's been calling her and being like, hey, like, I don't know what happened. Can you please tell yeah. me what happened? She's freaking out in her mind Um, because we never got complete closure to that whole uh, act of the revenge plot. Um But Cassie is like, oh, crap, I'm really sorry. Like, no, nothing ever happened. Like, he just took you back to your room and that was it. So we had closure there that Cassie mm-hmm. didn't uh, make something happen. Right. Um And... You know, the whole, I don't want to say, like, her slater conscience, but, like, for the for the viewer, it's like, okay, she didn't do anything extremely right. criminal to a point, and now she can go on and, and live her life and be in her relationship with Ryan. But there's a major realization that there's a video uh, that um, was taken of the night of Nina's um, assault, and that trigger something in Cassie and she's like, crap, I got to watch this video. Like, how could there not be a video? Um, or how, or how could I not see this rather? Right. And Madison's like, yeah, here's the video. Don't ever call me ever again. And just leaves. Mm. Um, and she watches the video uh, in, you know, shock and dismay at what she's seeing.
0: Terrible. Yeah.
1: Um, you never see the video on screen, um, but it's all, Carrie Mulligan's um, acting that really portrays what she's seeing is super visceral. Um, And you get a a moment where everything flips in the movie back to the tale uh, of revenge because Ryan's voice comes across on the video. Uh, And she realizes that Ryan was there. He was complicit in the act or, or had some part in the act, whatever it was complicit is probably a good way to describe it. Yeah. And she's like, you thought I was done? I'm not done.
0: Yeah, that was absolutely so heartbreaking to watch because it was like she was in such a good place. And of course, like she doesn't need, you know, a man to be responsible for her happiness. But it was like one step into, you know, like accepting a life not not um, on this revenge path. So it was so sad and it also just calls back to like the guys that are supposed to be the nice guys aren't nice guys. Like who are you? Why were you there? Even if you just stood by and like didn't say anything that's still terrible. So of course Cassie that is a a non-negotiable for her. She's not forgiving him at all. Obviously she now sees Ryan as in the same group as Al and all the other people that you know didn't believe her, didn't believe Nina. So she breaks up with ryan pretty much and says you know that she's going to release the video that he's in unless he gives her the address of al's bachelor party so this is when you're like oh shoot it's gonna get really bad
1: yeah and my girlfriend called it. shout out to my girlfriend who's uh, over there right now doing something wrong. but she <laughs> she was like she saw he's like there was a video my girlfriend was like Oh, I know what's gonna happen, and I was no. like, I was like, oh crap, what's gonna happen? But she nailed it. She nailed the whole twist with Ryan not being, um, you know, a good guy uh, and having a part in in Nina's assault, and it's uh, it's an unfortunate reveal for you know the, the viewer because you're like, damn, I really want this guy to be
0: nice yeah. to Nina and
1: and help Nina, um, or not Nina, sorry, um, Cassie, Cassie, yeah, and. You know, there's multiple scenes where you want to root for him because he's like the whole like you want to come upstairs and get and get a drink. He's like, crap, I screwed this up. I know I shouldn't have done that. I'm really sorry. Um, His humor is super funny. You know, Laverne Cox, when they go to the the coffee shop, she's like, don't have sex in the coffee grinds, please. I don't want to see ass prints in the coffee (laughs) grinds. And she's like, you're a child doctor. Like, Have you killed children before? And he's like, "Um, well, I've operated on children who have unfortunately passed away and he's like so you kill children <laughs> um just just some of the dialogue that's just hilarious in the movie yeah um and one part we didn't mention was that she was going out on a re- uh, a little revenge uh night with uh one of the guys we saw at the beginning of the movie
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and Ryan sees her at the bar going home with him and she's like, oh crap. And he's like, wait, you're not drunk. And he, he's like, when's the last time you got laid in the daylight? <laughs> he's like, holy shit. <laughs> like, um,
0: Wasn't he wearing a fedora too? Yeah. Like, he was she, like the fedora guy.
1: Yeah. She's like, all right. I forgot. The fedora is unforgivable. I'm really sorry. Um, Cause she apologized to him for everything. Cause it was a lot to kind of explain to him, like what she was doing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, but he forgives her. Yeah. And so he
0: seems like a good
1: guy. Right. And then you get this bombshell dropped on you. Um, and we move on to the final act uh, of what we assume is the final act of the movie, um, which is the bachelor party. She shows up uh, in this uh, nurse's outfit. She's got multicolored uh, neon hair on as a wig, a mm-hmm. um, bunch of makeup. So she, the boys are not, you know, recognizing her. And it would be, I didn't expect them to recognize her. Um, and you know, she starts getting all the guys drunk, uh, pouring vodka down their throats, like you would see I guess at a bar or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go upstairs um, because obviously Al Monroe is the one who assaulted Nina, and he's it's his bachelor party. He's like, I gotta go upstairs. And he's like, I don't really want to do that. Like, I'm not Okay with that. I'm getting married. She's like, she's like, I can only get paid if we go upstairs. Uh, yeah. And He's like, oh, okay, I guess. Um, so I go upstairs, and he's like, "What's your name?" And she's like, "My name's Nina Fisher." And he's like, "This is. I think. I think this is. It might not be, but I feel like this is the first time a character says it." Um, because he's like, "No, nah, that can't be. Nina Fisher is dead."
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And. She's like, well, that's weird. Why would I give you the name of a dead person? Um, like people can have the same name. Um mm-hmm. but there's a quick realization in his head, uh, because she's handcuffed him with some fuzzy handcuffs to the the bedpost, um, that uh he makes the connection in his head that Cassie is Nina's friend. Um, yeah. and he gets very, very emotional. She he realizes he's in trouble. He starts screaming for his friends to come help and she drugged all of the friends. So they're all passed out. They won't know until the morning. Um, and, uh, one of the most powerful things in the movie, she's like, she walked around having your name written all over her. And that was all, yeah. nobody knew Nina's name. All they knew was your name because of what you did to her. And now I'm going to carve her name into you. And she gets on top of him with a scalpel. And I'm like, violence. <laughs> like, we're going to, we're going to see some like gore. We're going to see something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, this is the huge spoiler of the movie that doesn't happen. Al Monroe breaks free of one of the handcuffs and he smothers Cassie to death.
0: Yeah. That was so tough to watch. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. She's going to die. Like it was just like, a, Oh, okay. Like those, those were not real handcuffs. They were sex handcuffs and he is, you know, a man and was able to get through them. So that was like, Oh shit. That was it. Was such such a tough thing to see, um, obviously, because we're we're rooting for Cassie the whole time. She's a protagonist. She's a woman. She's amazing, and now, she she's dead. It's really sad.
1: Yeah, it's a very graphic scene um, with her getting smothered with a pillow. Uh, another interesting thing I saw on IMDb uh, trivia is that um, they had. I believe it was either uh, Emerald Fennel who asked. Um, or it was Carrie Mulligan or somebody? Um, asked how long it would take to smother somebody, and mm. it was two and a half minutes. And that's how long the scene is. The scene's two and a half minutes long.
0: Damn, that's um, crazy.
1: Yeah. So the, the the directing and the cinematography of this movie we haven't mentioned it enough. It's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. and the detail is all there and everything like that. Um, but yeah, she dies. Um, it's very graphic. Uh, might upset some people when watching it. Yeah. But the, the next day comes. There's like a, a quick shift. It's like a, a jump cut to yeah. daytime. He's passed out. His friends wake up. Uh, and the one who walks upstairs is actually played by Max Greenfield um, from The New Girl. Or just New Girl, right?
0: Yeah. And American Horror Story.
1: Ah, yes. What season is he in?
0: He's in The Hotel and I think another one, too.
1: I don't think. I, I, that's the one I haven't seen. That's the Lady Gaga one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Um But he walks upstairs and he's like, oh, wow, good job for you, man. You had sex with the stripper. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And he's like, no, she's dead. And he's like, yeah, "Yeah, okay, good one, buddy. Anyway, what do you want to do for the day? He's like, no, she's dead. I killed her. And he's just, you know, covered in the guilt of murdering somebody. um, You know, and his friend's like, holy crap, she actually is dead. And you think that, you know, maybe somebody of these mail carriers will do something right and be like, "Okay, I'm gonna turn you into the cops." Yeah. No, he's like, "Well, guess what? It never happened. We are yeah. exposed of the body, and nobody's gonna know." Um, and they burn her alive. Well, I did it again. <laughs> I said, "My girlfriend's laughing over there." I was well, like, "I
0: burned alive." Yeah,
1: she's dead already. She's like, "She's gonna be burned alive." She's dead. <laughs> um, but they uh, <laughs> they burn her body. Yeah, they burn her body. Um, and. It's very, very disturbing um, because you think that the guys are going to get away with it. Um, the cops go to to Cassie's house and she's like, "Yeah, she might, she might have just ran off. Who knows?" Like she's, you know, someone who has a lot of uh, uh, anxiety and emotional uh, depression and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the detective even goes to see Ryan at work and is like, "Cassie's missing." Um, And for a second, I'm like, hmm, is the detective going to try to pin it on? Yeah. Because they just broke up. You know, you could start to maybe put some things together in your head that this ex-boyfriend who they just broken up might have taken it out on her or whatever. Um, But I was hoping for one quick redemption arc that he could have maybe pulled and just been like, no, you know what? I know where she is. She went to a bachelor party. And Mm -hmm. that would have been like the has a little bit of redemption and he could have maybe done something after she had passed um
0: yeah like something like he learned from the experience at least or something like that but nope just not at all nope. nothing
1: he uh is like yeah no i haven't seen her if i hear from her i'll uh, i'll talk to you um and you really think the movie's just going to end like this yeah. but uh at al's wedding uh all the guys are there and Uh, you see that Ryan gets a scheduled message from Cassie. uh, And it's like, you thought that was it because there was a a backup plan in the case of her death or or her going missing. Um, She sent a bunch of evidence to uh, the lawyer that we meet. Um, What's his name? Uh,
0: Jordan green.
1: Yeah. Jordan green, uh, (laughs) Alfred Molina. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, Hey, this happens. No, I was here and all the pieces are put together. Uh, and Al Monroe is charged or, or allegedly charged. That's what they say yeah. arresting him for. Um, yeah. They're like taking him away. Yeah. For murdering uh, Cassie. And uh, everything is just completely falling apart at this wedding. And Ryan's looking around like, oh, crap. Uh, the guy who was complicit in burning Cassie's body starts to walk away. He's like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, and the movie ends with uh, the text message from... Uh, Cassie saying is like, love, Cassie and Nina. Bam! Bam! What an ending! I was like, yo, thank God someone got their comeuppance.
0: Oh, I know. Thank God. Yeah, because it was also like the fact that they just burned her so quickly and kind of went on with their lives. It just like it's like such a parallel to like the sexual assault, just getting away with it and moving on with your life. And it's like, no, this woman was extremely smart and probably knew when she was going to the bachelor party that She was either going to be killed, like kidnapped, something bad. She wasn't going to get away with it. And she had a backup plan.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, get some arrested. He's going away for life uh, because evidence is there, yada, yada, yada. And it's, she, uh, you know, part of her revenge tale, which is unfortunate because she loses her life for it, right? Uh, Obviously, Nina had lost her life um, or taken her own life, we assume. Uh, yeah, in the movie, um, but the the charges against him were dropped for um, the assault on Nina, so he wasn't going to get convicted of that ever again. And it's unfortunate that that Cassie died. Um, that, but that's the reason he goes away for a long time, and that's the reason um, all of the guys who were uh, complicit in in the act back in med school have been caught. And uh, that's her revenge tale, all written up and bundled up in the end.
0: Yeah, I think it was awesome because like you said, it's terrible that she lost her life. Um, I think the only part, the only like reason we can like find peace with it was because it was like on her own terms.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, And you're very much happy as the audience that she has that uh, backup plan just in case. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's part of me that wish we got to see her like carve Nina's name um, to Al Monroe, and she just like walked off and kind of disappeared. And she was like, that was her um, I guess, uh moment of fulfillness and being like, yeah, my, yeah. my revenge tale is complete. Um, because again, I really like there are there are avenues you could take where it's like uh she kills him here, or she kills that guy there, or she hurts that guy. Um, but that never she never inflicts physical violence on anybody um which is important yeah. for her character
0: yeah definitely emotion, emotional trauma which is you know of course what she's dealing with so she's kind of you know she thinks that if she can inflict the same like emotional pain that she's feeling that she'll feel better and unfortunately she she didn't feel better cuz so that's that's not the best way to go about it even though you know i understand the reasoning behind it
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, But yeah, that's Promising Young Woman. Um, It originally came out uh, or premiered at Sundance back in January of 2020. Damn. And then released uh, on December 25th last year. Um, But now it's available for streaming on Amazon Prime. Um, Can't recommend this movie enough. Uh, Knowing that it came out last year, it probably might be my favorite movie to come out from last year. Uh, It was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, There are some awards uh, that had been handed out for it as well. Um, Emerald film yeah. uh, nominated for best director for motion picture drama at the golden globes and for best screenplay, which is awesome. Um, and then also Carrie Mulligan got a, a best actress nomination uh, for a drama.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, um, of course, every year at the Golden Globes, the SAG Awards, there's tough competition, but I'm really excited to see, you know, if this movie gets recognition, I think it's such a powerful story, and such an important story and a topical story, you know, This this is the type of stuff that's going on all the time, unfortunately, so... It'll be interesting to see, you know, if they get snubbed. I'm glad that they're getting the nominations and I'm excited to see if there's any Oscar nominations too.
1: Agreed. And movies not for the faint of heart. Um, yeah. It deals with a lot of tough themes, but a lot of themes that need to be talked about. Um, and a lot of themes that come off, like you said, authentic, there's that cringe in you because you realize that this stuff is so believable. Uh, yeah. and it's portrayed in a way that's meant to be believable. Um, And none of it is over-exaggerated or anything like that. It's all super real and super to the point, um, which is just one of the many things I love about this movie. Um, So yeah, can't recommend it enough. Of course, if you listen to it and then you want to go watch the movie too, that's, you know, I guess that's part of recommending it, but I feel like if you just listen yeah. to the movie, I feel weird recommending the movie now to people who just <laughs> listen to the review of things. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah, but some people, you know, even even if you know the spoiler, it's still entertaining. Definitely way better if you don't know what happens, but still it's a, an overall really great movie and it's not one of those movies where like if you've seen it once and you know like the plot twist or whatever, like it's not good again. Like something like, this is random, but Shutter Island. I love that movie the first time I watched it. But once you know the plot twist, it's just not that enjoyable. But I think, you know, something like this, it's it's always going to be great. Yeah.
1: Why are you so wet, baby? I love that movie. What a good, <laughs> what a, We should review that movie. I love that movie.
0: Yeah, we should. Because I haven't seen it in forever. Because like, I watched it in theaters, thought it was amazing, tried to watch it again. And I was like, no, I know what's going to happen. So good. My yeah. life is a lie.
1: Yeah. Leo. Uh Mark Ruffalo Mark Ruffalo. Scorsese can't go wrong um so yeah I'd, I'd give it an 8.5 out of 10 I think
0: I was thinking honestly I might go 8.5 too because I was thinking eight and then I was like honestly maybe nine like I was going back and forth between the eight and nine so I agree with you and I would I would definitely recommend it
1: same check it out promising young woman it's like it's got a little bit of a long runtime it's about two hours uh, uh
0: almost two hours I think um okay that's not bad
1: yeah but, I honestly don't even
0: remember. It's like, it draws you in the entire time. So yeah. you're not even, it's not like you're checking your phone, like, Oh, how much longer?
1: Yeah. It's not slow. If anything, it might be a little too fast at some points in the movie. Um, but, uh, you never, I never felt disconnected from it.
0: Yeah, I agree. So yeah, let us know what you think of this movie. If you would also give it a high score, like we're giving it. Um, so tweet at us, like Max said, my, Twitter at is at Natalie Zamora two eighties at the end. And then Max is at odd slice. You can also give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, and, you know, leave comments in, in there to see, um, you know, how you like the movie.
1: For sure. Um, and, uh, let us know, uh, if you think Carrie Mulligan deserves the, uh, the golden globe for best actress. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Cause her performance is amazing. Uh, can't talk about it enough. Cause you know, for someone who's been in uh, Great Gatsby, obviously Daisy Buchanan is a much more reserved character
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: in that movie. Um, this is a totally different vibe for her. And yeah. she, she nails it. Everybody in this movie just nails everything they're supposed to be portraying um, from the quote unquote, nice guys. Nice guy. um, Adam Brody on the screen for like five minutes is just so believable and so awesome. Um does a great job. Bo Burnham is amazing. Laverne Cox is amazing. Um, yeah, I love this movie.
0: Yeah, I agree. Definitely a good one. Um, so, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll be back next week. Not sure if we're going to do a review, but of course we'll do another review soon. So thanks for listening.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger.